Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I'm a licensed esthetician, spa owner, industry consultant, speaker, and journalist, and the founder of the Beauty Biz Club, which is the only professional success-based society designed to dramatically up your bookings, increase your profits, and provide you with industry-specific resources that are needed to succeed. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, please visit beautybizclub.com. Now I invite you to join me as I feature inspirational messages from industry gurus and practical tips to tap into your best success. Stay tuned for some serious Beauty Biz entertainment. Welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. It is your host, Lori Crete here. And today I have my friend, Lonnie McHugh, here with me. How are you, Lonnie? I'm good, Lori. Thank you so much for having me here. I love chatting with people from back east because it just kind of makes me feel at home. So you're actually in New Hampshire. Correct. I'm 45 minutes north of Boston. How far north? 45 minutes. Okay. And last time I chatted with you, you were heading north for a little holiday getaway, praying for snow and you got it. We got it the day we were leaving. There was no snow on the ground before the day we were leaving. So we did some nature walks and some ice skating for the kiddos and older kids still managed to get some skiing in, but it started to snow when we left. Growing up in Vermont, when I moved to California, everyone's like, it's icy. Be careful. It's icy. Be careful. And I couldn't ski in the powder. I literally was falling down all day long because I was just used to skiing on ice. (laughs) Well, I grew up in Texas, so I did not grow up skiing. So I kind of gave up last year and I started cross country skiing, which I love. Love, I had no idea you were from Texas. What part of Texas? I grew up in Austin and Eagle Pass, which is Southwest on the border. I lived there until I was about 15 or 16. So how'd you end up in New Hampshire? My mother moved us here. She gave me an option, though. She said, we can either move to Florida, where they have swamps and alligators, or we can move to Boston. You can go skiing, the beach, go to New York. So pretty sure she set it up so I would choose Boston. (laughs) There there was some marketing. Most definitely. (laughs) Yeah, she was a natural marketer. (laughs) (laughs) So... You are a spot. When did you become an esthetician? Let's talk about that first. It's actually been 20 years. I mean, it's been a ride to get to where I am now, but I graduated from Catherine Hines in 2001. I hear so so many good things about that school. Everyone loves Catherine Hines. I love that school. I mean, it was just the best experience. If I have to recommend a school for anyone, I always encourage them to go to Catherine Hines. They're just, they okay. prepare you so well. I'm learning so much about you. I didn't even realize I became an esthetician in 2001 too. I had no, no idea. Yeah. yeah. I was a court stenographer in my previous life. So oh. it was quite the change for a while. I was doing both the spa and court reporting. So I would go to lawyers' offices and take down depositions, very stressful. And then I'd go to my spa world and just have so much regard for the 
blissfulness, which is where I got the name bliss from. But yes, I just loved the calmness of the spa environment. What was your first job out of school? If you were working part-time still doing the legal stuff, what would, how were you incorporating your esthetician license? I started off working for a couple of my instructors and they were small practices. They were actually solo practices and I needed a little more guidance. So I actually dabbled with them and it didn't work out pretty much right away. So I went back to court reporting and as for a Christmas gift, my husband got me a gift certificate to Belisante Spa, Newberry Street in Boston. My girlfriend was working there and I fell in love with it. I said, I have to work here. About two months later, I started working there and loved it. Loved it so much. I worked there for about probably two and a half, three years till we moved to New Hampshire. And then the commute was just a little too much, but it was the best start. Where were you living in Boston? We were just outside of Boston, probably, you know, 20 minutes in Reading, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Because yeah, you know so I lived in Swampscott and Marblehead and Salem. I lived on the oh, Marshall no. for a long time. Yeah. I actually didn't realize that. Yeah. So we were in Reading and in Wakefield. Those were the two towns we were in before we moved up to New Hampshire. Very cool. Yeah. Um, you're making me miss back east. The food back there. I haven't found anything like it anywhere in the world. Like the food in Boston and even your seafood in New Hampshire is incredible. It's so good. I definitely miss going into Boston. Obviously, with COVID, we don't go into Massachusetts. So I'll be happy when we can start going to dinners there again. Okay, so take me from you were working for some of your instructors. How did you get into your own practice and opening your spa? Well, when I moved up to New Hampshire and could no longer do the commute to Boston, I actually took a break again from aesthetics and started court reporting again. Court reporting was always my fallback for a long time. And um, I had had my son, my second child, and it's things just kind of fall into place. I was getting my nails done. My mom was with me and I'm talking to my nail tech and I said, I just miss working. I miss working in this environment. And my mom's like, well, why can't you do one day a week? I said, you can't do that. And my nail tech, Miranda, said, well, why not? So I started working at a local salon spa here in Londonderry. Loved it. I think I was always meant to work for myself, though. So I had certain ideas, certain, you know, treatments that I wanted to do that I felt should be done certain ways. So once again, I was like, okay, maybe not the best fit for me. I dabbled again in another few places. And realized I need to be on my own. So I started renting space out of a hair salon, just a mile and a half from where I am now. And I mean, it was a hair salon. I was used to Belisante being so peaceful, serene. Now I have hair dryers. But what I found where my clients didn't mind, as long as I created the atmosphere that they wanted that made them feel good, they didn't notice any of the sounds. I had a sound machine, I had a little waterfall, And I was there for about four and a half years or so. And then I knew it was time I was ready to make the jump. And everything just fell into place again. The whole, my whole career, everything has just fallen into place. When I was ready, it would happen. You know, it was funny because I was in a hair salon. That's when I went out. And I look back now, it was a fun environment because 
the hairdressers were so awesome that I worked with, but yeah. And I made so much money not having all the expenses of having your own place. Right. Lori, if I had belonged to the beauty biz club, then uh, I would have made so much money, but I didn't. And I did not make what I could make. I wish I would have joined the BBC sooner. How did made you a find, huge difference. How'd you find the beauty biz club? Like usually somebody refers somebody in or there's, there's a chain yeah. that I, I is very obvious to me, but you just kind of showed up in my life randomly. Well, I stalked you for years, actually, because <laughs> I cannot remember how I came. It was through your, the old binder, the beauty. Bu- oh, the six figure. Yes. The six the figure six. esthetician. I still have that binder. I refuse to give it up. <laughs> so I found that. When did you release that? Was that 2010? Yeah. So it was probably 2012 when I purchased it. And I must have come across your name in one of the industry magazines. Oh, yeah. And I signed up for your emails and I would receive your emails periodically. I don't know what took me so long to join. I just, I think once I started my own business, I just was ready to create change. And so I called you and I said, nope, I'm ready. I'm all in. And I have not regretted it once. It's been great. And it, I mean, 2020 with everything that's happened has actually been my best year ever since I've started as an esthetician. Okay. So I want to, just for you guys listening in, so you're not confused, we're talking about the Beauty Biz Club and Lonnie is a member of Expansion, which is a a segment of the club designed for, it's by application only. So if it's designed for people who have been in the industry for more than three years and are making a certain amount of income, because I noticed that there was something missing for estheticians who were deemed as, you know, like, I guess, I don't want to use the word successful and make anyone feel bad, but that upper level of support seemed to be missing for people. So Absolutely. just so you guys know, and, and all of you guys in the club this year, in the expansion part of it have really rocked out your numbers. So I want to talk about that a little bit because it's been a difficult year. But the reason I have Lonnie on here today is because I feel like I want my podcast to go a little deeper this year, a little deeper. And I want to talk about the real things that are happening to real practitioners in the beauty industry. So very rarely are you going to get a podcast with me saying, here are five tips to attract clients. Here are, and I've done all that. You can go back to the past episodes if you want to learn how to build your business. But I feel like we need to talk about sensitive stuff, real stuff. This is going to help us expand as we move forward into our new world. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Lori. It was a little... And going back, I was just going to say, you know, um, it's been a wild ride. So I, is there anything you can think of that you did in 2020, just off the top of your, your you know, top of mind, that helped you have your best year yet during these crazy trying times? Because you went through a lot and we're going to talk about that. In <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, I think the biggest change I made was having that downtime allowed me to communicate with my clients more frequently, more regularly, and just keeping that top of mind awareness with them. You know, they were, they would check in, make sure I was okay. I would check in on them. That was really the big difference that when you are so busy working day to day, you don't always have that time to connect with your clients. 
So it's been the client connection that I think has really made a change in my business. Something that I have to make sure we continue going forward. So what does your spot look like? Like how big is it? How many employees do you have? So people can get an idea. We have about just shy of 900 square feet. We have two treatment rooms. We have a spacious waiting area with retail. And then we have a spray tan room. I started Bliss in the summer of 2018. My best friend joined me as my spray tan technician. By November, I hired my first employee, Louise, who is wonderful. And I just interviewed a new esthetician to hopefully start end of February, March. So we're expanding and everybody, I encourage them all to find their own niche. So that way there's no competition. We all help each other, encourage each other. It's, I'm excited. What's your niche? Mine, well, I browse for sure is always my passion. It's, I could do that all day, every day. But over the last year and a half or two, I started focusing on acne and I love working with my acne clients and watching their skin transform and coaching them along the way. That's, that's definitely a passion of mine. Yeah. Now, what about Louise? What's her? her she, oh, she is definitely with the healthy age management treatments. She has made remarkable changes in some of her older clientele. But she tracks their progress. It is amazing. And this is for males and females. We have one male client who comes in every week and he looks incredible. So she works her magic. And she also has really focused on lash lifts and she loves doing them. So that's kind of become her forte as well. But she's got a great touch. I'm from Vermont and I think about the town that I grew up in, super small town. And I wonder what it would be like to have a beauty business there in the winter. Does the business shift through the seasons or is it pretty steady? It does shift, but it shifts in the summer. So in the summer, we tend to slow down, especially July and August. Things quiet down. People want to get away. They're outside. But the rest of the year, we stay pretty consistent. And we, are you in like a your own building or do you rent space in a... So building like it's actually a split level home on a main road and the front of the building has its own entrance with a insurance agency. We're in the back. We have our own entrance, plenty of parking. It's really nice and convenient. So eventually I would love a storefront, but for now, this is perfect. It's such a weird thing because in Los Angeles, I was on Ventura Boulevard, which uh, have you been to LA? Yes. Yes. And I was okay being in the back of the building because it kept it quiet. You know, we were on Ventura, but we were in the back of a, a what would you consider to be, I guess, a high rise in LA? There are four or five stories glass Okay. So it kept it quiet. So being store, and you know what? I came to this point in my career where I didn't want walk-ins, right? I don't want walk-ins either. I know <laughs> it's kind of a catch-22. Yeah. I love the idea of a storefront. I want to grow our retail side of the business. And we don't have that, you know, that's where a walk-in would be helpful is for retail. Right. Um, and that's just, that's definitely a wish is having that beautiful, like boutique storefront. I think if I went back and I, I was still in LA, which has been just incredibly uh, suppressive for these poor spa mm-hmm. owners, I would blow down a wall and I would do kind of what Alicia is doing. I would have personal shopping days and invite clients in 
So you could always do that too. That is true. And I love that. I, she, I think that's the way to really guarantee your sales as well, because you're inviting them in. They want to come in. They know they're going to be purchasing. Yeah. So I love that. So tell me what your biggest struggle was in 2020. Like, I mean, if you had to say, oh my gosh, there was a moment, just a brief moment where I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to give up. <laughs> there is a moment. <laughs> Because everybody listening, she is, she's also homeschooling kids. So, right. Yeah. So my kids are home. They're remote. Sometimes they're in school. Sometimes right now they're remote. My husband works from home. So he's a huge help with the kids and, you know, we've managed it pretty well, but I'll be happy when they're back in school. Back in November, I'd say that was definitely my most challenging time for both Louise and I and the business. At the end of November, I was actually tested positive for COVID. So I had to let my clients know. And this comes after taking all the precautions that, I mean, we sanitize everything in here, the doorknobs, inside and out, bathrooms, beds, everything is sanitized. The phones are sanitized in between every client. But Yes, that was my biggest challenge, Lori. <laughs> so I think we need to talk about this because I, <laughs> I feel like it's like being diagnosed. I'm just going to be honest. You guys can get mad at me. You can write me letters saying I'm rude and crude and whatever. But I think people say it feels almost like getting diagnosed with an STD. Like you are embarrassed to tell people you what's going like on. You're at first. You're like, oh my gosh. But on the other hand, I will say, so I had allergies throughout October. I do every year. So you have allergies and you have COVID and it's nerve wracking. I tested at the end of October, came back negative. About a week and a half or two weeks later, my son had a cold. He tested negative. We were good. And then it was actually through a third person contact that I found out I had COVID. So I'm fortunate that I have a wonderful doctor. So I was able to call her and explain the situation. And she said, wait, 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 yeah, hit pause for one second. Cause I want people to really hear and understand what this looks like for beauty professionals. So you don't have to give names or anything, but what do you mean? It was through a third party. Can you explain what happened? Was it like a friend or a family member? So what happens is you have your direct contact and you know, okay, I've had immediate contact. I have to get tested. I have to quarantine. Third person contact is whoever was next to that direct contact tested positive. So third person, someone I had not seen, but I was near someone that saw them. So therefore, as a precaution, I wanted to get tested. It didn't matter that I hadn't seen that person. I was in close contact with the direct contact. So I had also had some sinus symptoms, which is not unusual with the weather. But it was just sinus pressure. So once I explained I've had this pressure, they're like, well, why don't you just come in? Let's just double check. And the hardest part was I had clients that wanted to come in that evening. They knew I was going for a COVID test, but they they weren't concerned. I wear a mask. I wear a shield. They wear a mask, but still... You know, I said, I'm not comfortable. I want to go get tested. I will touch base with you once I get the results. 
So once I go for testing, I explained the situation. And because I wasn't a direct contact, they were going to do the non-rapid test. I forget what that one's called. It's the one that they, you know, takes about 48 hours or so and has more consistent results. So at that point, you know, I called my clients, let them know I'm not seeing any clients till I get my test results back. And that was a Thursday afternoon. Saturday, I got the phone call that I was positive. And the crazy thing about this disease is the direct contact never got it from her spouse or from myself even. So it's really interesting how this all works. Well, you just don't know. You can get it at the grocery store. It doesn't mean that it came from that person. You don't know. I I can't pinpoint it. But what I had to do, I, I was literally sick to my stomach when I got that result, knowing, oh my God, I have to call my clients. So they advise 48 hours before you tested is who you need to contact. I decided to contact everyone I'd seen that week because that was a Thursday. So I started with anybody I may have seen Monday. And I had to let every client know that I had tested positive. If they were outside the 48 hours, they were not required to quarantine. But if they were, they had to quarantine. So that was really, really difficult to know that I impacted someone else. How many Um, did you have to call? Oh, my gosh. How many did I? It was quite a few. I can't remember the exact number that I called. It had to be, I mean, at least 15. There was quite a few. And did anyone get mad? No, everybody was wonderful. They were so supportive. After I came back and I talked to some of my clients, they said, you know, we know going in that it's a risk. So we would never be upset with you. I will say, I have to jump ahead and say from all the clients that I saw, nobody tested positive. Nobody came down with it after. So that was that was really a huge relief. So the masking, the wiping down, all of that did its job. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, they're saying that I wear a mask and a shield that like two times I've been allowed to work in 2020. I do wear my mask and my shield the whole time. So, I mean, nobody at the med spa has, so I think the PPP does work, but it it definitely works. Did you write out a script on what you were going to say? Cause I know it has to be nerve wracking, you know, to call people wish that I had. I was at that point isolated in my bedroom, which since I really didn't have symptoms, wasn't terrible. My husband set me up with plenty of snacks and water (laughs) and I was good in my room, but I had to, my stomach was in knots knowing I had to call everyone. So if I had had a script, that would have been really helpful. After I called everyone is when I sent out an email to my clients to let them know. In hindsight, I mean, I don't know why I felt like I needed to let my whole client list know, (laughs) (laughs) but I did. I just felt like I had to be really transparent in case anybody wanted to book in. We're closed from this date to this date. And I was just very open and, you know, I appreciated their support, but it was when we talked about having this interview, I thought, did I actually send out the email to everyone? And sure enough, I did. I said that 
I don't feel needs to be done. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you get bombarded with emails back? Because you've been in business for a few years. I'm sure your your client and you've been in the Beauty Biz Club. We talk about this client list and building yeah. it. So I had a few people reach out via text just asking how I was. I will say that now, having had it, people are returning because I have had it and they feel more comfortable coming in and seeing me now because they know I've had it. Yeah. So it's, it's a catch 22. You don't want it. But if you're fortunate enough to have mild to no symptoms, it's a blessing to have checked the box and be good. And nobody in your family got it. Your husband never tested My husband did. No, my I'm husband kidding. did. He did. So right after I, I basically came out of isolation a little bit early so I could take care of the kids. And then we kept him separated. And he had actually, you know, he had the loss of smell and taste. I had had antibiotics because I had had these allergies that turned into cold. And so I, to this day, don't know if that helped because I had none of the loss of taste, loss of smell, nothing. So I never would have known if it hadn't been for that third person contact. I would have continued, you know. So it's really tough. You just have to be careful. I swear, I think I had it last February before we knew what coronavirus was, both Jay and I. And I wonder, oh my gosh, did I make anyone else sick? So well, you it don't is know. kind of weird. Yeah. You don't know. So many people were so sick in February. My best friend, she had pneumonia. There's just, there's so many people that were so sick in February, January and February, I remember. And we had kids in our town just dropping like flies. They were they weren't uh, testing positive for flu. They couldn't figure out what it was, but they were so sick. I remember saying to my husband, why won't they close the schools? Like they're so sick. But now not all of these kids are doing fine. So you can't help but wonder, is that what they had? Yeah. So many things you can speculate. And in January, I go to Massage Envy and they kept canceling on me. And they're like, I don't know what's happening here, but our employees are so sick. And it's and finally they called and they're like, Do you want to rebook? I'm like, No, you guys have the crud. Take a break, play safe. <laughs> yeah. I'll pass this month. So oh. it's just, our world is crazy. Having your best year yet during, you know, the craziness of COVID, you being sick, your husband's being sick, your kids being at home. I feel like right now uh, we're film or recording this in Jan- early January. It, it probably won't air until later on in February. But gosh, looking back, I think this is powering us up to really be taken seriously as professionals in an industry that's looked at as a hobby. So how did you have your best year yet? Like, what do you think happened? You were out of work. You had a lot of stressors. Did Louise, your employee, ever get sick? No, she did not. And she tested a couple of times in the beginning and before she came back just to be sure and nothing. My other employee, who's also my best friend, I was actually in the car with her for three hours when I got the call that I was positive. And we were having to move some furniture and all of a sudden I'm on the phone. I put my mask on and she's like, you know, we said we're our own bubble. So she never tested positive. Her husband never tested positive. Like it's pretty amazing. All the kids were fine. I don't understand it. 
it's I don't think anybody does at this point. No. So yeah. even like our our elite thinker scientists yeah. don't even understand it. But did you put any new protocols in place from the experience? Oh, 100% we did from the beginning. We let our clients know you have to wait outside, text us when you're here. We, you know, flag them down, let them know they can come in. We open and shut the doors for them, take their temperature. We have hand sanitizer right by the door. We have the COVID forms that they all have to fill out as well. And we also have clean checkout. So through Vagaro, I can check them out on our iPad. And then it goes to their phone and they sign and do everything that they need to do from their own phone. So that was huge. Clients love the clean checkout. There's really no waiting in the waiting room unless it's, you know, someone under 13, the parents might want to sit here, but if we can encourage them to stay in their car, we do. What else? Did you do anything different right after COVID? I know those you did early on, but after COVID, did you shift anything like, oh gosh, this is a new awareness that I didn't have before, or is it pretty standard? We always had, you know, the wiping down in between clients. I mean, everything is alcohol sanitized. So that was an easy transition because we had always done it. It was just wearing the mask, wearing the shields. I started off with the plexi face. Yeah. which was the clear acrylic box. And I let my clients know if you're ever uncomfortable, we have that available so that they can come in and get a brow wax or get a you know maintenance facial. Anybody that needs it, we provide that. But there is, I'm looking around because I, I mean, we're very, very anal about making sure everything gets wiped down in between everything that's touched. So I feel like... I, I don't know. I feel in California, I was thinking this morning, God, this was the most beautiful place in the whole world to live. And now I feel like we're just living a very different life than than most of the country. I know everybody's mm-hmm. kind of struggling right now, but I talked to my dad yesterday and he's like, well, what are you, um, what are you doing? I'm like, dad, there is nothing to do. Oh. You don't leave your house. You don't. Sorry. I feel for you because in New Hampshire, it's I mean, it's, oh, don't get me wrong. It's definitely shifted here, but you still have had a sense of normalcy that I don't believe you're getting over there. And it just, it, it's really, really tough to hear how, you know, you're prevented from working. It's just, yeah. it's wrong. It's so wrong. I, that's what I was going to ask you. I'm like, enlighten me. What's life like in other parts of the world? So you get to actually still go into a restaurant and... Yes. <laughs> We went axe throwing this weekend. We were throwing axes. It was just wild. I'm like, okay, this is different, but it was <laughs> it was his birthday. And but the main thing is is that we do keep it to our core group, so our bubble. We try to be really careful with that. I did get to see my daughter for the holidays, who I hadn't seen in months. So that was a treat. And she's in Massachusetts, so she tends to quarantine before she comes home. And so she does that on her own. Did you bring anything, like, was there anything during your lockdown, which feels short compared to ours, but was there anything you brought in or anything like new products or equipment or how'd you use that time? Yes, we did. We brought in the BT Therapeutics Biobration that I was really excited to bring in, did a ton of different trainings. Louise has been working on her master certification with one of our product lines, GM Collins. So she was able to work on that. I got trained with Brita Plugs Washa, which 
loved. So, you know, I took advantage of all of the classes. So I was actually really busy <laughs> during our lockdown. There was always something going on. So many trainings, just nonstop training. So it really kept me from letting myself feel down because it was so easy to just kind of get anxious. So this kept my brain moving. I took whatever class I could. <laughs> I got lectured from Jay this weekend. I'm like, oh, I just want to work. And he's like, Lori, you haven't stopped working. Stop saying that. He's like, you have not stopped. You have not stopped. Meaning, like, I'm not in the treatment room, but I have done everything I could to update and to I even opened back up like one-on-one coaching, which I haven't done in years. I haven't had time to. So I have been busy over here. I just, unlike a lot of people that that start businesses outside of the treatment room, I find yeah. joy in the treatment room. I want to be back there. I don't even, I, I'm going through an identity crisis. Like I love to touch faces. That's exactly <laughs> it. Uh, that I miss tremendously. And it's like, you just want to get back there and just have that human interaction. Yeah. Yeah. I I can completely understand, but you are one busy lady. So maybe get a little more sleep now. Well, I have, <laughs> you know, for the last two weeks and I'm a routine girl, I want to stay in my routine, but for the last two weeks, I've been sleeping till like six o'clock in the morning. Today I said to oh. Jay, when you leave, make sure I'm up at four 30. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to stay on that. And I feel like <laughs> In a month or two, things will get a little normal around here. So, you know, you make the best of it. One thing I am learning that I've never been good at is patience. I swear to God. I can only imagine. I'm not very patient myself. So that one's always a challenge for me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm learning. So I want to ask you some rapid fire questions. Down and just whatever comes to mind because okay. I, I just started doing this. I did it. Michael Puglis and I were cracking up when I did this and I wish I had the questions. I don't know where I put them. I thought they were on my desk, but let's just have fun with it. All right. Okay. On. <laughs> if you could be on one reality TV show right now, what would it be? Ooh, one reality TV show. I've always wanted to do the amazing race. <laughs> don't ask me why. My husband and I probably kill each other doing it, but I love that one. I don't watch reality shows really, so <laughs> all I can think oh, of. Well, so this is what Jay, we had this conversation and somebody said the amazing race at Thanksgiving dinner because we weren't allowed to talk as we sat outside in a windstorm. We weren't allowed to talk about politics or COVID at Thanksgiving dinner. So <laughs> That's a good call. <laughs> Jay literally showed up with an envelope full of questions, but somebody did say the amazing race. And Jay, I said to him, we would kill each other. He goes, no, 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 I would bring you. He said, because you will ask people questions until you annoy the shit out of them. And we'll get that done. <laughs> he goes, it doesn't even matter. You <laughs> so would you take your husband with you on the amazing race? Like who would be your partner? Oh God, I, he's the first one that comes to mind. It would either be my daughter, both of them have a very bad, actually everyone that I'm close to has a really bad sense of direction, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I would have fun with him. I take my husband. (laughs) So if you, and we're around the same age, if you, so I can't wait to hear your answer, could be in one rock and roll band, what would it be? And where would you be? Singer, instrument, you tell me. Oh, 
okay, because I can't sing and I'm such a groupie at heart, I always wanted the tambourine because I'm like, okay, I can do the tambourine. <laughs> Doesn't require much. And for group, okay, so my favorite group of all time, the Rolling Stones. So I'm like, I, I would love to be on the stage with Mick. <laughs> That's been a popular answer to that question. <laughs> okay, so if you could have dinner with three people, it doesn't matter if they've passed, if they're here, so three people, you get you get to pick anyone. Who would they be and why? I would, number one, pick my grandmother who's passed. Call her Wilita Lulu. And, oh, who else? Oh, it doesn't matter if they're, okay. Anyone. Anyone. Hmm. Who else? There's so many. I'm going to say Mick because, you know, we were thinking of Mick Jagger. So I'm going to go with Mick because he'd be interesting to hear some of his stories. And who else would I pick? Hmm. That's a good one. One that I'd actually think on afterwards on talking as well. Okay. Well, you can think about it for a second. Yeah. Your, your Mick is like my Rod Stewart, right? Yes, it is. Totally. <laughs> Okay, what was your favorite show when you were quarantining? What would, yes. what did you watch ago? This was this was amazing. I feel like we binge watched so much TV then. <laughs> well, when you were locked in your bedroom, when you were locked in your bedroom, was there one show that you go, I'm watching this because my family can't oh, yeah. tell me what to do? Oh, I was totally into the Queen's Gambit. Have okay. you seen that yet? I haven't. My client's daughter is oh. the producer on it. And I keep hearing it's amazing. It's so good. You have to watch it. So yes, I definitely binged Queen's Gambit. Knocked that out. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something you may not know about me, but I have TV narcolepsy. This is when mm. I sleep. I sit down. I watch 48 Hours Mysteries because every show is a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes in. <laughs> My husband's the same way. He cannot stay awake for a movie ever, ever. No. no. I'm like, just try to watch it. And then I'll nudge him, wake up. <laughs> the other night, Jay and I were watching TV in bed and he's, I, he startled me. He's like, are you serious? And I fell asleep while I was fast forwarding through a commercial. Like, yeah, that's something my husband would do. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So tell me your favorite right now, your favorite beauty product. Oh, my favorite beauty product right now is GM Collins new Vital C15 serum. I will send you some because I am in love with it. It's my go-to product now. My sales rep sent me a sample because I've never carried their vitamin C serums. Just I didn't love them. This one I love my hyperpigmentation is finally fading. It feels wow. good. It smells good. I love it. I'm going to send you one. I find vitamin C is one of those products that is so boring to put on because it, but then you the oh. results are just phenomenal if you'll stick yeah. with it. I think but they did it right because the bottle itself is an attractive bottle and it has the top that you twist off and it always has the right amount. So you just press the top of the package. I wish I had it handy. Some people may love or hate the smell. I knew I wanted to love it. So I actually, you can smell the citrus in it, but it has ferulic acid. So that can have a strong smell, but it is incredible. 
it changed my skin so much. So that's my top product right now. <laughs> okay. And what about a favorite beauty tool? Oh, I love my skin buddy. Yeah. I use my skin buddy. Keep that with me. Trying to get my son to use it consistently, but it's just a little treat. I feel like I'm pampering myself every time I use it. I know. It makes the skin yeah. look fresh right away. It and really I, does. Some of my clients just can't be under any kind of lamp, you know, whether it's the Saluma or anything oh. like that. So I love, I have, I feel like a double skin buddies just to calm the yeah. skin down at the end of a would, facial is amazing. I was thinking personal use. Professionally, I can't live without my Saluma. I just... Every client, if I can get them under light therapy, I do. I'm like, it's a nap. You feel me energized and it's so good for your skin. I am a huge, huge fan of that. Well, my clients always ask me, what does this do? And I go, well, first of all, it's like putting a blanket over a parrot at night. You're going to fall asleep. <laughs> I see. It feels like I'm at the beach and the sun's just on me. It feels yeah. so good. Yeah. And, and, you know, I say if I can give you even 20 minutes of that kind of relaxation, that's an anti-aging benefit from the facial yeah. too, which people don't think about, but it yeah. does, it kind of feels like the sun nice and warm. I love it. And I love that, especially up here in New England, if anybody has any seasonal affective disorders, the blue light helps with that. So, I mean, there's so many benefits to it. Just if you're feeling down, come and lie under it. <laughs> What about 2021? Like, do you have any, Ooh. any big things that you're thinking of implementing into your practice? Or are you just going to go with the flow as we figure out our new world? No, I'm excited for 2021. And so I am my word of the years create. And I don't think I've ever embraced a word so much. So creating beauty, but also just getting creative in the business. So hiring another esthetician, working on increasing, you know, trainings. And I really want to start working on creating my own line. So that's really, that's where I have to get started is doing some research, testing products. And that's my, my big goal for this year. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It does take tapping into your creativity to bring something in that you put yeah. so much time and effort into, whether it's like a, you know, somewhat private label or putting your name on right. something is a big deal. And, Lots you know, work. I'm deciding on the name, you know, so it's all the different steps necessary for that. So that's really going to be my main focus for this year. I'm, awesome. I'm well, there excited. are girls yeah. in, in the club doing it. So make sure you use that. As, oh, absolutely. As <laughs> Definitely. I know I've started that. I used to do it at my spa in LA. And then when I got to the point where I started writing the book and coaching and consulting, something had to give. And it was my line because I thought, well, that takes a lot of work and my efforts are all over the place right now. So I gave it up, but it was, it yeah. was, and you make a lot of money, you know, they can't go on Amazon and get it. They're very loyal, which that I love. <laughs> You know, yeah. and so there's a lot of work to go into that. So I'm hoping by bringing in another esthetician, it will free me up a little bit to do the behind the scenes work. Although, I mean, I'm still with my clients probably 30 hours a week. So what days do you work on clients? It varies. So, you know, it's typically at least four days a week. 
So I'll do Tuesdays, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Wednesdays. I try to really accommodate the clients without stressing myself out. So I'll give them, you know, there's one Monday a week for my stylist. There's weekends or evenings for people that are working or for kids coming out of school. Because I do see a lot of teenagers. I actually love working with teens. So yeah, I do see a lot of the teens as well. So working later into the uh, early evening. I got to touch a teen face this in 2020. It was my big, oh my gosh, thank God. Because I just, usually my clients are from like 50 to 80 years old. So (laughs) it was very fun to work on a teen. It is fun. They're so sweet and they appreciate everything that you do. I do. I love working with them. You you heal them inside and out. I talked about that on the podcast that dropped today, you know, so it's rewarding. It really is. And you did a great job with your team. Oh my gosh. Her mom texts me and thanks me all the time. So yeah, her skin looked amazing getting better it's yeah. it's almost like a hashtag almost healed so it, I, you it know, takes it's time yeah. yeah it definitely takes time but it's so rewarding well Lonnie thanks so much I can't wait to see what you create in 2021 thank you. your inspiration thank you so and thank you for having me on here this was fun yeah thanks for the honest yeah, share yes. I really wanted to talk about COVID because I feel like people are ashamed to say it or they don't know the right thing to say yeah, they shouldn't be. I, no, if anybody does test positive, know that your clients, they're there for you. They're supportive. They were wonderful. So it was really nice to see that they weren't upset with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming on and, and being honest and, and talking about a topic that's kind of taboo right now. I know. <laughs> thank you, Lori. And if anyone has any questions, if there's any way I can help, please don't hesitate to reach out. What's your Instagram? That's probably a good place for them to go find oh, you. And sure. you. It's at bliss beauty and H at bliss beauty and well, H for New Hampshire. Yeah. It's bliss beauty and H and that's the same on Instagram and Facebook and actually my website. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, thanks Lori. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the beauty biz show. If you enjoyed the show and you would take the time to leave a kind review over on iTunes, that is very much appreciated. And if you find you are left craving more beauty biz inspiration and success tools, then you're going to want to head over to beautybizclub.com, which is the premier online success Academy where talented practitioners go to maximize their potential and to become booked perfectly. Again, that is beautybizclub.com. And it would be my pleasure and my honor to help you tap into your highest potential in the beauty industry. 